All right. My name is Aaron Rhodes, and this is the Shuttlecock Podcast. We're sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, offering new and used vinyl at 76 and Troost in Kansas City, Missouri. This week on the show, we have Cam and John from Ass Jams. What's up, guys? Greetings. What up? What's up, man? Howdy. Howdy. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I you guys are just kind of a fixture at this point of, you know, kind of Lawrence rap shows and parties and everything. But um, I think you guys kind of got your start, like, DJing shows together in around, like, 2012. Yeah, our sixth birthday yeah. is in May, so yeah. Um, we were both door guys at the Bottleneck. Shout out to the Bottleneck. Always and forever. Um, forever. <laughs> uh, and one secret of bio... Uh, Mike Dye was supposed to spin some tunes because he had been, you know, playing some music in between uh, March Madness games. People liked it, were drinking and getting wild, and then Mike Dye got sick. And our manager at the time, uh, Rob Schulte, shout out Rob Schulte, also a podcast man. Uh, he was like, "Yo, you guys need to do this," and we were like, "Oh, but by the way, we never DJed a day in our life." And he was like. Whatever, call your friends, throw a party. Don't think too much about it. Mm. And then it just kind of s- snowballed from there. And here we are. Yeah, and now <laughs> yeah. and now I am in debt because of DJing. Right. Here we are. <laughs> That's, you know, yeah, I guess uh, D- DJing and or rock and roll can, can ruin your life, I guess. It's an expensive hobby. <laughs> it yeah. is. Or but, job, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's been both yeah, for us I and guess. is both Still for both. us <laughs> as of right now. You know, mm. it doesn't ever stop. Oh, but yeah, do, do you guys have, like, are you kind of working on anything for, like, the the anniversary? Or did you do, like, a big fifth year anniversary? So last year, yeah, yeah last year our fifth anniversary uh, fell at the same time as middle of the map. Mm. So we, like, lucked out. We were doing flyover last year, and Mammoth was doing some stuff with Riot Room, and they were like, yo, you guys want to do uh, the patio? I think it was the... Fourth of May, technically. Was it, or was yeah. it the other way around? Or maybe it was the fifth. Uh, uh, either way, yeah. Either way, we were there <laughs> on the patio uh, properly. Yeah, it was Cinco de Mayo. It was actual Cinco de Mayo last year mm. uh, on the right room patio, and it was packed. It was. It was super fun. Yeah, it was right in like the peak uh, middle of the map times. That was super awesome. And then the day either before or after, I don't remember. We were at the bottleneck. To try and like bring it back to where it all started. Yeah, we had like a yeah, it was like a whole it was like a whole weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was cool, awesome. Yes, and um, I'd read um, the your guys' old interview in the Kansan, and it had kind of talked about how like yeah, you guys were saying that you weren't like really experienced DJs at, at all, the beginning, yeah. and you kind of just started with a, a playlist that you guys. Yeah, we were. I learned. I learned later that we were just we were selectors, but yeah. we didn't know that. That was a term yet. That's, we a, didn't that, know, that's a thing. We didn't know a damn thing. Curating. Yeah, we were just throwing a party, mm. and it worked out. I think it also helped that we were just we were out in the scene enough that enough people knew us and wanted to come hang out. Also, right. it was always free, so it's, it's kind of easy to get your buddies to come to a free party. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, that, that so. always helps for sure. Mm. And but I think. You know, just from watching you guys uh, do your sets a few times, and I know you kind of talked about this before, but, like, you do tend to, p- like, let a lot of songs just play all the way through, and you don't get super intense on a lot of, like, mixing and stuff. 
No, not really. There's a time the the way we've always kind of approached any kind of Ask Jam stuff is it's like I there are a lot of songs where I want to hear the third verse because it's <laughs> maybe the funniest right. or it's the one I know all the words to. Right. So it's pretty easy to just let a song roll because if it's a good song, people are going to still dance to it and they're going to want it. And you can tell. You can look out. Exactly. And you'll know that people aren't feeling it. But there's no real need to force the crowd to keep up and change every you know minute. Right. Unless that's you know the vibe that you're going for or what you're providing, so to speak. But yeah, most of the time you can just tell if people like people want to hear most of God's plan. Like as of today, like they just want to hear all of it, you know, and that's fine. And sometimes maybe you're gonna play most of it. Another night you'll switch it right after. I'm sorry. You know who knows? We'll see. But yeah, it's just it really depends. Yeah, but yeah, we've always definitely subscribed to like play if a song if if a song needs to be played all the way through, you might as well let it. There's no reason not to. Same way that if a song doesn't need to be played all the way through, you don't need to. You know. Like, if the second half of God's Plan sucked, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Switch it over, mix it over. It's really just whatever the situation calls yeah. for mm-hmm. or how, how it is. And, wait, because both of you guys, you do, like, solo sets occasionally too, right? Oh, yeah. And um, do you kind of, like, like having the being able to take more liberties in, like, the mixing or anything like that when you're playing solo? I mean, yeah, I would say that our our individual styles of DJing now are a lot different. Just one, we use different equipment, and that will change how you mix. Right. John uses CDJs, which kind of encourage that kind of long-form blends and stuff like that. And I'm using turntables, so it lends itself more to quicker mixes. So I mix quicker by myself than I do when like him and I DJ together. Right. I don't know why, but it just is usually how it happens. Yeah, we, we've done a lot of... <laughs> gigs on our own and you know styles will just emerge based off of the kind of gigs that we've done and where we've placed ourselves like i do a lot of corporate stuff we we both do weddings we Mm -hmm. both still do bars and events and this and that so and then when we come together which is again how it all started it's i mean it's just like riding a bike you know Mm -hmm. so oh cat yeah also oh yeah there's boggy (laughs) hi baby hello uh but yeah um you guys had also both played together in a band called Sovereign States, and hey. which was, oh, you, you can you can <laughs> oh, that's what I mean. get that's it off if you need to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and which it was also called My Brother the Vulture at one point. Right? Yes, indeed. And so, how did that band get started? Like, did you guys know each other before that band? Oh my gosh, sorta. <laughs> yeah, sort of. I mean, yeah, we met in college at KU. Shout out to KU. Um, Really just in dorms and hanging out and everything like that. We met at a party, and we had just learned very fast that we were into the same things mm. uh, pretty quickly. And then, uh, you know, we got started talking about music and everything like that. And we were uh, shifting, um, like, our sounds and genres and instruments around and everything at the time. And we needed another guitar player for my brother, the Vulture, at the time. And he was like, I play guitar. So right. that's really how it and we didn't really we didn't know each other super long before I joined the band, like maybe a month or two. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, you, re, you know, it's college, so you you meet somebody and you're like, oh, you like Newfound Glory too? Oh, hell yeah, we're now friends. Right, that's mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah. you also like? Ow. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Bobby out you, here. You're gonna, you're gonna just toss her off. Right, that's okay. Well, the like, interview's been great. Yeah, have fun, Bobby. <laughs> 
But yeah, you know, you you link up with someone in college, and you're like, oh, you, we have similar interests, right. but we haven't met until now. Let's. It's like being in grade school. You're like, all right, let's just be friends. Yeah. And met all the other homies. Met you know Quinn and Myron and Alec because everyone was living in. Well, no, you were still living in Trail Ridge. Were we? Damn. No, maybe we knew each other for like six months. It does. Yeah, kind of yeah, either way, it, yeah. It blends together. It's, yeah. it's very far but back there, but. It was a quick meet and then started playing and it just kind of worked yeah, out. Yeah, that was that. We did My Brother the Vulture for a while. It was a like long time. three, four years. Something like that, yeah. And we, you know, we did the whole thing, played a bunch of shows. Uh, Oliver KC Lawrence did, you know, the whole mini tour thing. Um, and then it just transitioned into Sovereign States, changed genres. Still kept writing songs and playing and yeah, the whole shebang. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm guessing that your the the house you guys mentioned, Hogwarts, had a bit of a role in that band also. That was a huge that was probably the biggest the biggest role because right. you you and Myron right. and Quinn yes. had done well Myron and Quinn backed you up on your solo stuff. Was it 50, <laughs> 57 brushes? Yeah. Shout out. Very embarrassing. Don't look it up on the internet. Nah, Google my but, man. Google my man. Nope, nope. Um, regardless. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I did like a, I tried to do a solo thing for a while. You like acoustic songs and, you know, uh, Quinn and Myron both, you know, they played bass and drums respectively. And uh, they backed me up to, you know, again, we were just playing shows. We were just having fun. Mm. And then we're like, all right, this should stop. So let's try the whole band thing and write some cool songs. And that's how that happened. Because we all lived in the same house. So, and, you know, instruments were just right downstairs. So it just kind of lended itself to why not make songs? Why yeah. not do cool things? Mm. Yeah. And, yeah, so I, I I was almost asking you about it before the interview. But, yeah, what, like you mentioned that you had, like, a lot of touring bands and uh, stuff come through that house. Is there right. anything that you remember most fondly i'd say the biggest one that we did was at harvard felix culpa show yeah yeah which was super super cool it was cool who hooked that up who made that happen? uh my myron probably no, of course of course shout, shout to myron shout out to myron he was our he was our bass player but also the you know he booked he like booked all the any tour that we did but he just he was a dad then and he's a dad now yeah taking he's care actually of literally a father literally a father <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no. um, our, our man but you know he he had the business acumen side and mm. all of us were just shitheads yeah. <laughs> so it was good yes. that we had myron that could like email <laughs> people and i think he figured out that Harvard and Felix Culpa, who were on tour together at the yeah. time, were like had an off day in between St. Louis and Denver, which is how it happened as well. Like we, uh, the most memorable show that I have from when we were in My Brother Vulture is mm-hmm. the uh, is the Let Live show. Oh my gosh, super super mm. great! So like right when Let Live was like getting hot, they got signed the night that we played the, the show with them at the bottleneck the epitaph. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yes. They like they like got the email and they were like, "Yo, hell yeah!" Um, but like that was. Easily, we were fanboying the whole time. Oh, for sight. sure! And it was at the bottleneck, and there's like a handful of people there, but we were just jazzed on it. And super, it's like the same jazzed. thing, though. Myron's just like, "Well, let live has an off day, has yeah. an off day between yeah. St. Louis and Denver exactly. or wherever." Yeah, it's probably how a lot of uh, like amateur show promoters kind of get their start. And for for some reason, I feel like it is a super common thing, like in the Kansas City area, to, for like bands to just jump over it usually and. You know? It's. I mean, it's why. Yeah, it's. But it's why we have so many like, like dope independent booking companies in Kansas City. Yeah. Right. Because 
that's you got to do it. Like, you learned how to do it in MySpace days. Yeah. You know what I mean? People would just look at so and so's touring schedules and be like, "All right, well, there's an off day here, or this is Kansas is closed. I'm sure if we can talk to such and such venue and our bands can play, because again, you're friends with everybody because you're out and you see the same people. Um, you know, you're bound to be like, do you want to play? And this person can play, and we can get enough money for them we can to get you gas money. Yeah, get you gas money yeah. to come yeah. here. But we just, it's so cool because at the end of the day, people just want a band there. That's it. That's why, you know, it's happening in the first place. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. And did, do you think like, I, I came along, like, I feel like as Facebook was becoming a big thing, but did MySpace did kind of play a big role in some of we your were early on the stuff? Ta- we were probably on the yeah, tail, tail end, end yeah. of MySpace days, but we still used it. Yeah, for sure. Um, cause it was before, I mean, cause it like shut, it like shut down for a little bit or something. Yeah. I'm not entirely yeah. sure, but, yeah. um, yeah, we were on the tail end. Used, I mean, Facebook was huge because yeah. it was, you know, before the algorithms and all that yeah. shit that mm. messes with people seeing your posts. Right. So it was easy to be like, that's the same. That's the same way that Ashjams came up. Well, Ashjams was more Twitter. Yeah, but I mean, shows the event page on a Facebook mm-hmm. was great. MySpace was better for like reaching out to bands, probably. Right. Locally, Facebook was more important. Yeah, but. Anything beyond that, MySpace was still right. pretty relevant up until like 2011. Yeah, and then Bandcamp, you know, that's where we posted all of our stuff mm-hmm. and all of our albums and stuff because this is before. Well, except my brother, the Vulture, we made True. we made CDs. For True, that. we did make physical <laughs> CDs, and you know, we made them uh, in the basement of Hogwarts just to because you know that was again before Spotify and all that other stuff. So. That's how people still wanted yeah. music. Man. I don't CD. even. I don't even own a CD player anymore. I, yeah. I don't either. So it makes me feel. Got, got the new MacBook that doesn't have the the drive. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you're and my hand, old yeah. and my old MacBook's drive is broken anyway. So. Yeah. If you dare <laughs> hand out music, you better be giving out USBs. Yeah. This is how it goes. Yeah. Free so. free advice. Hey, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> take take that take, home with you. Do USBs. USBs. But yeah, um, I was kind of wondering, though, as you guys kind of started uh, DJing shows, um, what the process was initially like for putting together, like, your playlist and everything? Um, well, so, I mean, that can all kind of start from the beginning. So John was a graphic design student at KU. Yeah. And, I mean, we've copped to it finally. Allie Fisher <laughs> had, a, had a playlist that she would play. In studio, yes, called Ass Jams, yes, and it was full of like all you know, because he's twenty, he's twenty seven still, twenty eight, twenty eight now, all about to be twenty seven. I'm ancient history, so we're in the same like age bracket. So it's like, yo, we love Nelly and we love <laughs> right. like all the Yin Yang j- twins, like the middle stuff John, coming out, yeah, yeah. that all like that early two thousands kind of just party music that yeah. came about then, like yep. when the and you know it's the death of hip hop and shit like that when they went to the bling bling era, right? And then we after just the love bling bling crunk. era, it was the crunk. We just basically crunk era music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some crunk, a little bit of hyphy. Yeah. Uh, what else? Just real good stuff. But we really just we only played the stuff that we wanted to play. Yeah. Like there did there wasn't we never really thought too hard about it. Just right. We. Spent so much time. I mean, we worked at the bottleneck, and we went out all the time. Right. Shout out to Neon. Oh, God. Fuck. 
Shout out to Neon. Yes. That was like the spot to go dance. Yeah. That's really where yeah, that's really where it came from. It came from a genuine place of just like we love to dance, we love to be out here supporting uh, you know, other DJs and friends and bars that we would end up working with and at. Mm-hmm. But it would it just when Astrium started, it just came to a point I'm just like, I'd like to hear more of this. I'd like to hear more of this. It came from a genuine place and then we uh obviously learned a lot in that process of just what that all actually means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Curating definitely wasn't it it was a lot more organic at the beginning. It's a lot it's a lot more planned now, at least for me. <laughs> yes, to say <laughs> the least. Yeah. For sure. But still even still today, it's still the same stuff, just going, I like this song. Let's see if other people like this song when you're out and about like Maybe a song doesn't slap as hard, or other people are like, this is a popular song, or I don't want to dance to it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just, and it's still lot, the same stuff. And yeah, there are a yeah. lot of songs that we like that nobody fucking yeah, likes. That is, no, but like that we can't play out. Exactly, nobody, which is totally what are, what are, what are some of those? I don't, just like weird, like Ty Dolla Sign deep cuts. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. I would love to play most, like, I would play an entire night of YG. I'd love that, yeah. but you know, mm. eh. Yeah, not, not, not as many bloods in Kansas City as I'd like. But, is, you know. is there stuff that you guys, like, know you don't agree on that you'd, you'd want to be playing, though? Oh, him and I together? Yeah. Mm, I mean... I mean, there's nothing... I don't know. Yeah, there's nothing specific that, like, if he tried to play, like... I don't know, like... I won't have Justin Bieber in the club. <laughs> like, nothing like that. It's really yeah. just like a... If there's anything we disagree on while we're DJing, it's just timing of something mm. right like, so, yeah, oh, you wanna, like oh you want to play that already yeah like oh maybe let's wait or yeah, it's yeah again it's Which very is, it's very yeah. organic we don't walk into many things planned in that sense of you know we're prepared but it's not planned planned yeah. like yep. that it's just like eh, let's have fun let's you know get the vibe going. we we go off the crowd we go off each other we're going off of yeah. the energy of pe- if people are having fun they're like more we want to go crazier Okay, okay, sure, let's it's, go there. It's only 10.30, but whatever. Exactly, and then that's when we start going, should we, should we, should we? Yes, yeah. we should. Yeah. Because we, sh- I mean, we share pretty much all of our tunes. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. And um, so it, it, you guys kind of got your start at Bottleneck, and you kind of worked your way through, like, Dempsey's and Granada, and you've done Riot Room shows now. Mm-hmm. But, um I know you've also recently done a couple shows at Aura, which is like kind yeah. of a different setting for you guys. Super different. Very different. Yeah, what was it like getting the, the first show there? I like, mean, was that like last year or 2016? It was last year. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. was last year. It was yeah. like last year around, we just, just did one in couple months. Yeah, I can't remember. Time, yeah. time is weird. Time is crazy. But, but um, yeah. shout out to The Social Club. Yeah. Uh, good friends of ours and people that we work with. Um, they hooked up that that was their initial um, connection, you know, and idea to try and do something interesting like that. And it was going to be our first time in a proper club setting mm. for real. Because, you know, Ask James is an event itself. It can be placed anywhere. We put it in, I mean, every kind of situation. Yeah, small to big. To exactly. And every kind of in between. everything. Um, but this was going to be the first time in a proper club you know so (laughs) hello again Bobby (laughs) Um, but yeah being in an actual club environment especially for like from DJing for so long for five years and then properly getting to a club it was just like oh so this is what this was supposed to be so to speak Um, it just lends itself to a different environment but nothing that we couldn't handle so to speak or handle in the same way of just like 
it's still coming from genuine love and energy. Like, if people are dancing and loving it, great. Or if they're not feeling our YG and Ty Dolla Sign deep cuts, we change yeah. it, you know? Or it, and it's more chances to explore different music as well, you know what I mean? We're not just going to force people to listen to, you know, apparently West Coast music the whole time. I yeah. But, I, yeah, I, DJing in Aurora was tight. I was really excited to do it for those similar reasons. It's right. just, it's nice to be in a place built for DJs. It's like a total, you, even when like you start setting up and you're walking there and just yes. the booth situation, everything. Production. Is, production. It's all there with the focus of having DJs there, which we had never done yeah. before. And it kind of gives you, kind of like, it kind of bigs you up a little bit when you're, when de- you're back there. You're it's like, definitely a different oh, feeling because, yeah. again, we come from bands. And yeah. when, you know, we were used to playing shows, not being the show, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. Like we're used to being on stage at the bottleneck where it's uh, no shade but it's an old red carpet essentially behind you uh, in just a rug and you're like this is great this is perfect and amazing you know but then you step into a different setting where there's lights and your name and bass and sound and all that other stuff and you're on like a marble countertop that doesn't move the whole fact that the the boot I mean we're we do bars a lot so like we're just on like folding tables or regular tables or whatever yes and they, you know, they wobble a little bit. So it was, I don't know. I thought it was really cool. I was like, I can just, I can. Uh, a proper get, booth. I can get really aggressive. And yes. it's, it it yeah. lends itself to having more fun. Yes. It's also the same thing. Like, it was the same when we went from Bottleneck to Granada. Like, the first big Granada, when we did New Year's Eve at Granada for the first time. Yeah. Whole, like, whole new. Yeah. Literally wept. Yeah. Straight Literally. Up. We, we cried at the end. It was tight. Literally cried. Because um. you're just, it's so much different. It went from, like, Bottleneck, which was. You know, low not low key, but like really busy, <laughs> right. but like as low t- key as that can tight, be. sweaty, yeah, uh, Small. very intimate to Granada, which was like, yo, we can actually like put on a show yes. now, we can put on a production, and we can take what we like learned from being in bands, like crowd work and just even small performing stuff like performing, yeah, small stuff like that, yes, and it's just cool to be able to utilize that, and right. it's easier to utilize that in bigger spaces mm-hmm. yeah which is great shout out to all of our production homies who uh, help us put on a good show yeah because that's what it's about I mean again the same stuff we learned from being in a band how can we put on a show mm-hmm. how can we do this how can we get the crowd as involved as they can be how can we play off them and vice versa yeah because you guys have had like uh like lighting and uh, visual people kind of work with you guys before too right oh yeah for sure yeah. And, and we've just we've had every kind of homie if they can help help yeah. you know what i mean Even whether starting that's at, uh, video or photo or what whatever yeah. you can or want to do do yeah. yeah even at bottleneck we had it was like right when our homie james was putting together his production company and he was like yo i got all these lights i want to set them up right can i do that and we we're like yeah and it sure. looked like a fucking spaceship it was yeah awesome. exa- ex- exactly so, even still yeah but uh, the bottleneck should get marble tables for you guys. Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never. I'm not. I'm not going back until it's all yes. marble. The whole yeah. stage. We need marble. Uh, mega production marble tables. I need forty six bottles. Yeah. Really big writer. Really. Yeah. Oh, writer. yeah. Yeah. Two large pyramid pizzas and <laughs> nine boxes of gushers. So yeah. we're not stepping foot. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's that's the kicker, right? That's there. right. Nine. That's, that's no writer. more, no less. Exactly. <laughs> No, but yeah, and um, one of the times I've seen you guys, though, was at uh, the Lil Uzi show at the Uptown, and 
Like, I know you guys probably, like, uh, how long would you say, like, an Ass Jams night DJ set is, you know? Like, how long do you guys usually go when, like, you're, like, the main show? Three hours. Three right. and a half. Or, eh, it div- it's changing. Mm-hmm. Ever so, you know, it's always different. You know, back in the day, we used to start at... Midnight. Uh, yeah. True, yeah. When we first started, when we were doing it at the bottleneck, initially, we were just, like... Because we worked at the bar, they'd be like, yo, we have a show in attending at 1130. You guys want to do an Ask James at midnight? And we'd be like, yeah. And then we tweeted out. That's why our name is a hashtag. Just yep. because at it the time, it was literally a hashtag. Yeah. So, um, shit. I just started spacing. How, how, long, how long the sets were back then? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. so the sets would only be, yeah, like, an you know, hour and a half because yeah. yeah. it's late. And then but they then we get our own night. So we're starting it. 10. Yeah. So then it's, you know, three and a half yeah. hours. If we do one at Granada, we'll still usually start at like yeah. 10, 10 30. Yeah. Or if there's an opener, you know, like a whole evening can be literally from like nine to two or something right. like that. Yeah. But, but then when we do, when we did Aura, that starts at nine and that goes yeah. till three. So, yeah. so. Oh, yeah. That's a but, Yeah, exactly. Like, I, but I thought like just for the purposes of that little Uzi show, like you guys were on almost two hours in the middle of the show and i just thought yeah. <laughs> that was like crazy impressive we were, to, we were like bu- we were bugging out though the whole time <laughs> yeah just because we were only supposed to play for like 45 minutes yeah, yeah. so we started and we were like you know we were quick mixing which is you know trying to play as many hits as we can right. because we learned very very quickly at that show that like if you're DJing at a concert, it's a whole. It's totally different, different than DJing at like just people want to come dance because they don't yeah. really care. They don't want to dance. They're trying to see the show. Yeah, I don't care. They just you. want you to play the shit that they know. Yes. So it's bang, boom, bang, boom, and we. After a while, we were like looking at our watches. <laughs> yeah, looking side stage and just looking side stage, being like, "Keep going. He's not here yet. <laughs> yeah. He's doing his thing." And you're like, "All right, whatever." Yeah. But yeah, we were there for Very, very thankful, especially now looking at everything that we've done. Very thankful that we've learned how, you know, we just got thrown in the fire like that. But yeah, yeah, it's a completely different uh, beast trying to handle just like being in the middle of a Uzi show and people being like, who are they? We don't care. Stuff like that. And again, now that we've seen some other DJs and artists open up for bigger artists, it's... We now know like it's, you know, hit the chorus, hit an explosion sample... (laughs) I didn't, I didn't hear y'all. I'm One, two, three, four. <laughs> can that be its own segment? We'll get there. No, no, yeah, yeah, never mind. We yes. can talk. We can we'll talk. get there. We'll get there. No, let's, but, let's do it now. What, so, what all right. Let's, let's talk. Okay. Okay. Hi. Strap in. Let's talk about uh, showmanship. Let's talk about it. Because it, it's interesting. It's super. First of all, this is not shade. This is a discussion. Um, <laughs> let's start with that. Let's start with positivity. Sure. Yeah. Um. I love that we, again, we come from bands, shows, everything like that. So this is all super interesting and super great Mm. uh, that we're learning that the ways that certain shows are handled seems to be, uh, what's a good word, formulaic in the way that uh, people grow used to it or people expect certain things. And we found it amusing (laughs) whenever we would go to a show uh, and, you know, say there was another opening DJ or it's an artist DJ and we would notice the counting thing, you know, which, first of all, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. I'm just ribbon and razzing. However. There's just a lot of it. There's, there's just, long story short, there's a lot of it. And it's just like, what, how, where, 
why are we stuck on this? How how can we provide something different? Um, do people grow to expect that? Are they angry if they don't hear it? Um, it's a discussion. Yeah, touring, to touring DJs love counting to four. I don't get it. <laughs> they just they love counting to four. Yeah. And, I mean, I understand why they do it because you want the crowd to know, like, hey, the thing that you like is coming, and yes. it's coming in one, two, one, two, three, four. Yes. But it's just, it's, it's over and over. It's a lot. I was at, a, I was at a, like a big DJ show like two weeks ago, and I counted in an hour set 14. 14, one, two, what? three, fours. Doing, so, doing some DJ math over here. Yeah, I was like, pretty much, <laughs> I was like, pretty much every song, the, I mean, and it was EDM, so it's like a little different, but I have a feeling yeah. that's where it's coming from, is like the, the, the expectation of big drops in yes. electronic music. Yes, still translates to hip hip hop shows and stuff like that because the drop is just the hook the drop is just the cool part of the song that everybody knows the words to or whatever it is and i like i don't know why but just for some reason when you you were talking about the the count i was like i just thought of uh fuck up some commas and i'm like that is the song i think that Exactly. No, and it's, but I mean, it does lend itself to be kind of perfect for that. So I do, I do understand. Yeah, absolutely. But it's definitely a thing to do with future songs, just in general. But uh, no, yeah, I was was that something you kind of thought about too when you were at um, Aura, like because that might be like a more electronic. What do they they expect from us as as non EDM DJ kind of stuff? Mm. Because that is their bread and butter. It's like. Like straight up club DJs, yeah. Which we're not really. I mean, we are, but not in the same vein of a lot of DJs that they uh, book normally, right? But uh, me personally, and I know that we talked about it when we were initially doing it. It was cool because I was like, I have a bunch of remixes that I don't play at Dempsey's or right. Riot Room or whatever, just because right. it's not like the right vibe necessarily. Mm. Yeah, but or is the right vibe so. I I don't know. I played some. I definitely played some stuff that I don't normally play. Yeah, and it was cool to have that freedom. But I still didn't count to four. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it, and you know, it's always great. And you know, it's a great opportunity to be able to introduce people to other genres or other songs or new stuff in general. But uh, you know, sometimes sometimes you can try. You know, it's a DJ's job per se to try and do that and try to educate people in that way. But also, at the end of the day, you want people. You know, you're providing a service in that uh, scenario. Mm. So you want people to be happy. So you you do what you can in a given scenario. You know, me personally, I don't play too many EDM remixes at Dempsey's or anything like that. Uh, there go the claws. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when given the chance, we love to play music that we don't normally get to. You know what I mean? Like, if there's a chance where we can play any sort of, like, new disco or anything like that, we're on it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Or if... Yeah, or or if we do like a complete, like a Prince tribute night, amazing. That would be awesome, you know? So it really just gives, it depends the circumstance. Mm -hmm. You gotta be, yeah, you gotta be able to play Mm -hmm. everything because whether or not like we, you know, whether or not we want to play a certain thing, if the whole room wants this thing, we gotta give them that thing. We just get lucky that most of the time people are fine with what we're playing and having yeah. fun. So yes. that's great. I think you guys kind of have done a good job of like 
branding your your sets to a certain extent because yeah. you know people will kind of know what they're gonna hear if they're if they know they're going to see ass jam truly so, yeah which is absolutely that's a blessing you know that's that is a blessing to be able to uh to have that so mm. to speak so thank you oh yeah yeah and um another kind of notable show that you guys ended up on was flyover last Hell summer yeah. and i know that kind of turned into kind of a, a mess at some point but it was a wild day it yeah. was a learning experience yeah, yeah. What, what would you say you you learned from that day always carry backup usbs ready to go record box ready because the only reason anything happened musically at the beginning of flyover was because or for john, half of it because yeah. john had his usbs like ready to go right Everybody's laptops were like crashing because it was like 115 degrees on stage. Like, yeah. It was nutty. Like the yeah. weather was just yeah on. It, the weather was against flyover. Like yeah. shouts full to, tilt. Shouts full to tilt. Mammoth for still making it. You know it still fucking happened. Yes. It still rocked, and they're yes. doing it again, which is tight. Right because. <clears throat> Mother Nature did not want that shit to go down <laughs> smoothly because it was a million degrees at the beginning of it, and then yes. it rained, and it was a whole thing. Yes. Got uh, some good pictures out of it. Amazing pictures. Shout out to Mike. Uh, but no, it was a nutty day, just dealing with that kind of large-scale... Festival. Stuff, yeah, yeah, is... Straight up. Wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, thank you, Mammoth. A blessing to you, and shout big out shouts. to you for everything uh, involved in that. Thank you for letting us be involved. But... In terms of what we learned, what didn't we learn? Like, just like he said, again, shout out to Pioneer, um, everyone's uh, laptops were just crashing because it was so hot. And that, first of all, has that's never happened to me before, ever, yeah. in design and DJing mm-hmm. and anything. Which, again, great experience because that's just bound to happen. Uh, you know, so when artists were struggling, when they were like, my laptop crashed, I don't know what to do. Um, you know, I had a bunch of USBs and we have, like, USB necklaces because... You ne- mm-hmm. Thanks to that moment, if if you're just without it, we just would have been up uh, shit crazy. It would have just been a bunch of, it would have been, you know, 5,000 kids there early to see the locals just like sitting there being like, damn, house music, huh? Not the genre, but like just music. Yeah. Plug, the sound guy had to plug in his phone. Exactly. Straight, I think a couple of the sets had to be played through a phone like via the sound booths and stuff, yeah. just because it was so hot, it was wild. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, and even even uh, one of the artists uh, shout to Smoke Perp because he, uh, you know, was going through the same stuff. Was just like, hey, hope somebody can play my stuff. And if I hadn't had uh, my USBs ready to go, because for the main artists that were, you know, a pair of CDJs up there, which I had been used to, but I I hadn't DJed for a big artist yet, especially. I, you know, I wasn't prepared because we just kind of walked into it. Mm. So thankfully, we were able to while. I handed Boats one USB while yeah. he DJed out in the crowd while I ran backstage, uh, filled the USB with Smoke Perp set, got as set as I could and threw him in there and just started his set. We were the whole I mean the whole team we were all flying by the seat of our pants. Running the whole everywhere, crazy. So, and yeah. stage managers, stage hands. Everything. They were so. they were trying to give Micah uh, our our the unofficial third Ass Jams guy, right. Micah No, photo and video homie. He was like running around doing so much stuff. They were like, "Yo, you just need a walkie-talkie. Yeah, <laughs> like, we just let's need just you give back you here. a walkie so like you can exactly. communicate with us." Exactly. But everyone did like the best that they could given every circumstance. Uh, so you know, one, once we were just kind of corralling, trying to host people because again, people were passing out because it was so hot. It yeah. was incredible. Like you know, just a way that was like, I can't believe this is happening. 
But, you know, <laughs> it was just wild. And then towards the end, you know, some artists were going, da da da. So we got to cool Once out. Once Uzi a and Playboy bit. went on, it was like, it was pretty smooth sailing. And I was yeah. like, tight. We're yes. out of the woods. Yes. This is great. Yes. And then I think Josh, the stage manager, comes yeah. up. He's like, so there's a big ass thunderstorm <laughs> going in. Yeah. Um, right. Be prepared to work with that. And I was like, okay, cool. all right. Of course, we'll, I, can, I can deal with a hurricane. We'll of figure course. it out. We'll of figure course. it out. Yeah. And sure enough, that storm rolls <laughs> in during Ray Schremer's set. Yeah. And it was cool, like yeah. cool looking and wild. But right. then it's torrential downpour right, right. before Gucci Mane. Right. I got I to shakily read like some, like a statement on a mic in front of 10,000 angry people. Being right. Like, Hey, sorry guys. Uh, everyone has to leave the amphitheater. Yeah, it just You're like, no oh, big deal. Man. Yeah, and never then, thought I'd have to do that. Right, in my life, and then just dealing with like, is it on? Is it not? Is it raining? Is it not? Da da. But then, lo and behold, Gucci just shit. Even I left before Gucci Mane went on. Yeah, like, I, I, I had was, to go. I was. I thought it was over. Yeah, but then not many people know this. Uh, at the end of the show, when the rain stopped, it really stopped, but it stopped. Um, and Gucci was about to go on, you know, we were still trying to put the show together. So they said to me, because I was the only DJ there, like it was just Gucci's crew, <laughs> me and Mike <laughs> and Mammoth and everyone who works at the venue. And they're like, uh, be prepared to do literally everything. So I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Of course. Um, but then, you know, God willing, everything turned out OK. You know, Gucci's DJ and Gucci man himself just did. It killed it for the situation that it was. So yeah, again, the 500 people that stayed were very excited. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I drove, Nothing but kudos. I drove through a tsunami it. and then set up at the right room. Yes, we, yeah, we had an after party afterwards. And so that shit was, was fun, too. It was amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, amazing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there you have the uh, definitive uh, flyover story. Yeah. Yes, was, yes. I hope, we were literally there on stage. It was crazy. Yes. I, I hope, hope it, I don't know, I... Hope it doesn't fucking happen weird like that this year. No, yeah, they, they have it in May this year, yeah. so hopefully it'll be a little uh That's true. It was mild. in July, yeah. which is just a rough time. Yeah. It is. But no flyovers on Cinco de Mayo this year. Yeah. And I was like, damn. Mm. That could have been tight for a person. <laughs> 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 just, mm. That's okay. But yeah, it was just a wonderful experience. I'm glad we got to be involved in a, cool. lot, a lot of aspects of it. Yeah. And uh, it was a huge learning experience. Great to see all the artists. Great look for all the local people. Honestly, it was more of a great look for the local artists than us at all. Uh, like, they got to shine. There's a lot of great videos of folks, and a lot of people got turned on to them through that. So All the locals. All, literally all of them. Cool. So yeah, shout out to all tight. of them uh, for that shine. And also shout out to uh, all the touring artists for even agreeing and for being there, regardless of the bag or whatever, because it's always great to have those types of artists in. In Kansas City, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, speaking of <laughs> like these these bigger touring artists, though, you guys have had a couple Ass Jams shows where you've brought you've brought Lil Yachty oh, yeah. and Ying Yang Twins in before. <laughs> I, and oh, I I think Ying, the Ying Yang Twins one was the first time I saw you guys. I'm pretty sure that was oh, er- that was amazing. early that was yeah. early on. Yeah, that was early well early on. on. Yeah. But I mean. That yeah. shit was tight. Yeah, again, I've never shout seen, out one time to Mammoth. I've never seen uh, a man chug so much Patron at once. True, that was amazing. The shorter Yin Yang twin <laughs> just takes <laughs> Ying, if you will. The Ying to the Yang, he he 
I mean, he'll put a half of a... And then dude just crawled across the stage like, man, that was, that's, just, that's dedication. They I were think. just expressing that's... themselves. And again, this was super new to us because it was a normal ass jam stuff, and then it was a show, and then it was mixed match, and then everything in between, and they were just hanging yeah, out. Yeah, they were in the middle, and then yeah. they like hung out while we kept DJing, and that yeah. was cool. Yeah. Same kind of idea that happened with Yachty, though. Yeah. It was just... it's Yachty was... that That was... The nuttiest time. Our performance. That was to say the least. Hopping. Yeah. Super fun. Crazy. But Super yeah, fun. I mean, I, I hope there's more artists in Ashams and more events like that, like wherever. So. Yeah, do you have like a, a, a wish list of maybe kind of like trap artists or like 2000s rappers that you really want to get in there? Ty Dolla Sign. You want uh, Ty yeah. Dolla Sign? Uh, Ty Dolla Sign. No, oh, he, sure. has, he has played Riot Room before, hasn't he? Uh, probably. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Riot Room gets a bunch of dope shit, oh, so absolutely. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised that mm-hmm. at some point he's he slid in there. He's yes. been doing it for so long, for real. But um, who else? I mean Nelly. <laughs> right again, <laughs> of course. Nelly Pimp Pimp Juice was was it Pimp Juice on your first CD? He, uh, what's it called? Nellyville. There it is. Nellyville. That has Pimp Juice on it. <sighs> so good, Man. so good. Um, who else would be? Great? I'd love to do like any like. Old school legends or what? Like I mean, Snoop Dogg. Like you, na- I mean, you name any of the legends, and that would be the tightest shit. Amazing so, for sure. Like when Public Enemy was in Lawrence, like that was the coolest so thing. Cool. And I was like, so shout out yes. to Ebony Tusk one time. I was like, that's so cool. Mm. Yeah, to be on the same stage. So and yeah. I'm sure, like you know, just being in a college town, you've had maybe like. KU athletes kind of pop in or something like that. Like, They're the homies. There, has, has there anyone like kind of showed up that you're like really excited to see? Yeah, Devonte Graham has been with like banging with Ash Jams the whole time. It's He's awesome. the homie, right? Fans. Otherwise, cannot confirm or deny anyone who has attended. But uh, yes, I think we have some fans who uh, enjoy it for sure. Okay. <laughs> yes. The play, the players show up and they and they're all super fucking cool. So it's really tight when they come through because yeah. it just it it gives us a little bit. I mean, we both live in Kansas City now, but Lawrence is still right. the home base. John is literally from Lawrence, so. Right. Hmm. But I, it's just cool that it makes it feel like the town is showing out because KU is kind of the the national brand of this of the town. So of it's cool when KU backs us up. Right. And like besides, um, like maybe besides maybe Aura because that's kind of a different setting. But like, mm-hmm. do you guys notice a big difference in like <clears throat> the audience and like what they want when you're playing in KC versus Lawrence? Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's just. I think that might just be an age thing though, because mainly, yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Just, Casey's a little older crowd. Usually. Yeah, Casey, Casey's old, like an older crowd, and they're just like. I feel like they're just a little more receptive to non-hit stuff. Again, I think it's just an age issue. Like, I DJ in, in Lawrence still a lot. I, I'm at the Tap Room and Luis's and spots like that. And it's it's weird because it is a very striking difference between, like, I can play songs that hit really well in Kansas City that don't necessarily play well with the college crowd. Yeah. I don't know why. I, again, I assume it's age, but yeah. that's what keeps it interesting because mm-hmm. even it changes within <clears throat> Lawrence. Like stuff I play at Tap Room will play differently than if I play it at Luis's. Yeah, Just, if if you play a set at Bottleneck versus a set at yeah Tap Room, you could. It's I don't know. It's hard to describe, but you could probably play like 
an all house deep underground set at Tap Room, and people be like, "This is about right." I think it's the low ceiling. <laughs> yeah, low ceilings first of all change everything. Yeah. Um, but then you know, because I I DJ a lot or I play a lot at uh, Replay with uh, my friend Sean, who goes by High Westus. Mm-hmm. Shout out Sean. Um, and you know, the vibe there and the acceptance there has first of all changed a lot, and it's just it's really receptive to I'd say just about everything. Um, it's so it's really different. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, watching. Uh, what happens in Casey and what happens in uh, Lawrence as far as just like what's happening here, what strikes here, what doesn't strike there. It's yeah, super cool. Mm. Yeah, and I have, I've like, you know, I've only been going to the replay for maybe like a year or two and like still not even that regularly. But mm-hmm. I have heard <clears throat> like a lot of people talk about like how the energy there has kind of changed. Like it's probably more like inclusive and less kind of like bro than maybe it used to be. Is that... Something that you guys have kind of I don't know thought if br- about broy would be the right word to how it used to be, but it definitely just used to be. And this was Lawrence in general. It just kind of used to be a little, a little more macho of a town, I mm. guess. In general, <clears throat> all all throughout genres of music and yeah. people and places and things. And yeah. the replay now is so super inclusive with everybody, and it's tight because you get to see cooler shows now. You get to like. The, the crowd is different, and that gives us the ability to, like, play different <clears throat> songs. Right. Just because they'll get requests, and I'll be like, yo, I didn't think anybody would want to hear yeah. that. That's perfect. Hell yeah. 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 And, and at the end of the day, sorry to cut you off. No, yeah. At the end of the day, it is a college town, so people will naturally cycle in and out of Lawrence. Like, yeah. for as long as we've lived and played and been in Lawrence, like, the energy does change, you know, like... We weren't always DJs. We went out to go see DJs. And we weren't always the bands to go see. We went out to go see bands. Mm-hmm. Just like we aren't now. You know what I mean? Like, it, it really just depends. Like, the energy always shifts to certain bars or areas or who's running what or who's playing where or who, who has homies that will always come and support them at X, Y, or Z. So it's really interesting to watch the, um, the energy change there and, you know, I get. I don't know if that makes us or me an old man, but it's interesting to see for sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure yeah. you don't want to be playing the same club to the same people five years in a row. No like, way. Yeah. No. Got to keep it fresh. Yeah. Both, like we have to keep it fresh, but the I mean the crowd keeps it fresh. Yeah. And when it doesn't, you can tell on the other on the other end of the you know the decks or whatever. Mm. Um, but yeah, replace tight. I don't know. I always love anytime I've ever gotten the chance to DJ on the patio, like in the warm months. It's one of those spots. It's similar to Tap Room, similar to Riot Room even. It's just like people go there for one reason, and that reason is like, oh, there's a DJ. I'm going to go dance. Like, fuck the bullshit. I'm going to go see a show inside and then dance outside. And it's always really cool. Like, Young Bull plays there all the time. uh, And it's always cool to, like, work with whatever DJs playing outside. Shout out to Approach. Yo, shout out to Pro. For sure. Yeah. The o- the OG homie. True. Um, and yeah, but Bottleneck is always home. Always, yeah. forever, because that's just where everything happened. I've pooped, L- I've pooped too many times in that upstairs toilet <laughs> for it to not be my house. It's, liter- <laughs> it's literally home forever, so... I mean, that's... That, that'll be the, the, the quote I pull out of the... I, I, I believe it's real, that. Absolutely. I, I'll, I I'm down. <laughs> Mike Dye gets it. Shout out. <laughs> uh, but, um, no, but yeah, you mentioned playing with Young Bull. That's the band... Mm-hmm. The, the metal band that you're playing in right now. Yes. And uh, Treat, the singer, also uh-huh. has been DJing for like a few years now. For a while. He's been, I mean, he's he's OG Ass Jam's crew. Never yeah. heard like, of him. 
<laughs> oh, just kidding. We're talking about young grandpa. <laughs> young grandpa. You know. There you go. Shout out the young grandpa. Shout out the bando boys. Yes. Um, but no, Treat's been with it for like since the beginning. He's the he's the homie, mm-hmm. and it's cool that him and I get to do band stuff together because we always vibed on that, <clears> and then also do DJ stuff together. And his DJing style and like the stuff he plays is totally different from what we're doing. So it's cool that I get to learn from like the shit that he plays. And I'm like, oh shit, that would be cool. I think that would play at Dempsey's or that would play at Riot Room real well. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to have that. It's the, it's almost the same way that we were doing initially. It's, it's, exa- like it's exactly the, 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 the dichotomy between being in a band with somebody but also DJing with them. Yeah. You get to share two parts of your lives. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, Young Bull has an LP that's coming out soon. Yes, we do. On the company. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Yeah, what, what can you what can you say about that right now? I don't think we have a hammered down date yet, but mm-hmm. we do have test presses. So it should be soon. And once that shit's out, we're going we're gonna to throw some shows and have some fun and hopefully, you know, like do a little, some small regional tours, some stuff or whatever, because mm-hmm. the record is awesome it's yeah. so good what, what you, it's, it's super weird for me to be like oh this is my band but i mean it really rules i'm really excited about it yeah, what do you what do you have, do you think a lot has changed since the the first demo came out like definitely mm-hmm. we, we definitely found the way that young bull kind of came to be was so like piecemeal started with just um jamaki and pando i'm pretty sure doing some stuff and then I came in, and then Brian came in, and then we were like just a band with no vocalist for a while, and then finally convinced Treat to do it, because uh, Treat and Jamaki played in uh, Dick Lynch, the Cockney's Tribute mm-hmm. shit that happens. They like played Brick recently, I think. Yeah. But uh, so <clears throat> Jamaki was like, "Oh damn, Treat's the fucking badass vocalist. We got to get him in the shit," and we convinced him, and ever since then. We just started writing some songs, but we finally definitely started to uh, kind of... Exactly, Bobby. <laughs> we've, we've figured out how to coalesce and like write some really cool shit and like really hone the sound from just like a bunch of dudes who love playing heavy music to like a band mm-hmm. writing heavy music, which is tight. <laughs> yeah. And uh, do, do you have anything like that you've been working on coming up? Like, do you, are you still doing a lot of stuff with High Westus? And yeah, absolutely. So I still DJ for him, and we play a lot of show. Again, a lot of replay stuff that happens in Lawrence. Uh, a lot of local stuff around here. Uh, shouts out to him. Uh, he's got a new record coming out. Oh, I don't know if there's an exact again release date <laughs> that I can say or anything like that. But I'm sure he will alert the masses whenever that's done. And, uh, again, like, ever since, again, the beginning, whether it's DJing or uh, playing an instrument of some sort, uh, we're always writing. So that's where I'm at, too, uh, writing my own stuff, and that will blossom whenever it needs to blossom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, there's one last thing I wanted to touch on was um, I'm, I'm sure you've had people, like, kind of ask you guys about it. But mm-hmm. I was just kind of curious because I never talked to you about it. Mm-hmm. But there's also the other DJ night that happened for a while called Booty Jams. And I think <laughs> yeah. that kind of started around the same time. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, from what I understand, there was... Oh, oh man. Amazing. What's up, Bobby? <laughs> what up? Um, booty Jams was 
I never got to go, but we have homies that went like all the time. And yes. Apparently, it was the shit. Apparently, mm. it was super dope. And I'm really bummed that like we I never we got to collab. I wish we mm. could have gone. Yeah, apparently, it started a little after we did, and obviously, that was Casey based, and this was Lawrence mm. based. And, you, uh, you, weren't, you weren't really kind of in touch at any point. Nah, I, I wish. Yeah. I yeah. wish we could have, and I'm glad you asked that because not many people even remembered or know about it anymore. But I mean, it's the same thing. Just because it centers around butts. Doesn't mean it can't, you know, it can't coexist. Yeah. Um, you know, they were throwing a cool night around here, and so were we, and, you know, and Lawrence, and we were just trying to have a good time. Um, it's a shame that, you I'm, know, I'm that really bummed we that it doesn't, never did anything. Yo. Maybe we can work out a Booty reunion. Jams, yes. if, you're, if you're listening. Please. Let's do the The, the, the ultimate the, the return. reunion. Yeah. yeah. Fucking or down. something. I don't know. I don't know. I've just heard so many great things about it. Exactly. I, I never got to experience it. I always wanted to. Exactly. Only By the heard, time we yeah. were able to like <laughs> reach out and like actually have something to give in return, yeah, it, they were they were done. Mm. So yeah. we wish. Yeah. We wish. Yeah. Awesome. Shout out to Booty Jams. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that you guys have been working on that we need to know about? Uh, Do you have any Ask Jam shows coming up? I, don't, I, I mean, hopefully we'll have yeah. something planned. You know, we're 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 in the works trying to plan something for the birthday. Right. Um, I'd like to do something at Granada again. Nothing, nothing set in stone, just a bunch of shit we just want to do. Right. We're putting it out in the universe now. Absolutely. Like. We, we just want to do more, more cool things. And that's a beautiful thing. If the people need to know anything, <laughs> it's all a discussion, and, and it can all happen very easily. Uh, we want to do more different things. I'm trying to do an R&B night around here. Uh, just more different types of vibes that I think people uh, are wanting. Again, maybe that's just a Kansas City thing, but... We're just trying to have a good time, provide something positive, safe, and cool for yeah. people who want to be out there. Awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to DJ on a boat at some point. Oh, All yeah. <laughs> right. So if anybody has a boat, yeah, I'll DJ on it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Just anything cool. If you have a cool idea, let's do it. Yeah. That's it. We're kind of awesome. open. The end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, people can follow Shuttlecock on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's at ShuttlecockMag. Uh, the website is shuttlecockmusic.com for all the articles. There's shuttlecockmag.bigcartel.com for the store. You can get T-shirts, photo zines, and buttons. And you can subscribe to the podcast on our YouTube channel or Apple Podcasts. Uh, where can people find you guys online? Uh, I am at Boats on pretty much everything. Two S's, B-O-A-T-S-S. Um, we're Ass Jams with a Z on Instagram. Uh, we post photos and just yeah. shit like that. And um, on Twitter. You, I mean, if you type in hashtag Ask Jams on your Googles, you could probably find us and every sort of thing. I am John is the New Black at J-O-N is the New B-L-K. Um, again, if you type that in, you should be able to find me. Uh, also, for the record, thank you for having us. Yeah, you were doing real. something wonderful, and I wish you nothing but success. Thank you. Nothing Hell yeah. I appreciate you guys being on the show. Hey, thanks for having us, It's an us, honor. Man. Awesome. Yeah. yeah.